Greetings to our Saving Grace listeners. This week, we are excited to celebrate the one-year anniversary of our podcast. Over the last year, we have been incredibly blessed to welcome listeners from 49 states and more than 80 countries. We have read and responded to poignant and insightful questions from you, our faithful audience, and we have strived to provide content each week that deepens your understanding of God's grace and equips you to live in light of His love. As we plan for the future of Saving Grace, we greatly value your input. And to that end, we have created a brief survey for our listeners. And you can access the survey at gsot.edu slash podcast survey. Saving Grace is always going to remain a free resource. But if the podcast has brought value to your life as a listener, we hope that as many of you as possible would just take two minutes to take this survey and help us shape the future of Saving Grace. So we thank you in advance for taking the time to share this with us. Now, in celebration of our anniversary, we are airing a special encore presentation of our debut episode entitled, Why Grace, Why Now? And in it, host Carmen Pate and guest Dr. Dave Anderson discuss how different our lives can be when we truly grasp God's amazing grace. And we wanted this to serve as a reminder of what this podcast is all about, so that even if you have already listened to this episode a while back, we hope that you enjoy it and that it would be a meaningful reminder to you. And thank you, as always, for listening. This is Saving Grace, Living in Light of God's Love, a podcast ministry brought to you by Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world committed to the truth of Scripture and life application through the lens of grace. Hello and welcome to Saving Grace, Living in Light of God's Love. My name is Carmen Pate and I'm your host for today's podcast. Have you ever asked, how do I live this Christian life in preparation for eternity and at the same time experience the freedom and the joy that is mine now in Christ Jesus? Well, every week during this podcast, we will take you on a biblical journey to explore God's love a love that is unearned and can never be lost. Today, we're going to begin that journey by looking at the foundation that is grace and the life-changing transformation that happens when we grasp its meaning for our everyday walk. Our guest today is Dr. Dave Anderson, founder and president of Grace School of Theology and author of numerous books, including Triumph Through Trials, Free Grace Soteriology, Maximum Joy, and Bewitched, among others. As a prolific writer and author, church planter, Bible and biblical language scholar, and professor and ministry visionary, Dr. Anderson is a man of God whose message and ministry inspires and changes lives, including my own. Dr. Anderson, welcome to our very first podcast of Saving Grace. Great to be here, Carmen. Oh, it's so good to have you. I'm so excited that we are actually getting to launch this dream that we've had for the school for some time now. Amen. Uh, Well, you know, with all the many uh, seminaries that exist today, what compelled you to launch yet another one? Well, I think it really hinged on the Great Commission which was to go to the nations, make disciples of the nations. 
I taught in the seminary for a number of years, and the foreign students that came to America stayed here. I mean, 80% of them did. Yes. Got a taste of American life, maybe had a child or two born who was learning English, and they just chose not to go back to their countries. So I thought, wow, uh, maybe we can go to those nations. So as far as I know, we're the only accredited American school taking graduate education uh, to multiple nations out there, including trying to do it in their languages. Uh, so we're in Spanish now and Russian, and as we keep going, we'll try to get into, into the six major languages. Of course, we already have English, so yes. uh, we're in three of the six so far. Yes. And uh, it's really a missional thing. It's to try to raise up leaders in every country of the world who can teach others about this love you've mentioned, the love you can't earn and can't lose. Mm. And I think that's the only thing stronger than hate. And as I travel the world, my goodness, there's this hatred everywhere. It doesn't matter if I'm in yes. uh, Europe or Africa or India, uh, there's hatred. And I think the only thing more powerful than that is Christ's love. Mm. I don't that's think we'll so beat true. ISIS with bombs, for example. Yes, yes. But the love of Christ can make a difference. Wow, it's beautiful. And for uh, just a long-term vision for the school, what are you hoping to see, say, 10 years from now? Well, if we could get students in 10 years in every country, that would be just awesome. Mm -hmm. We've only had this goal for, well, maybe four years, and we're in 20 countries now. That's it's, a, uh, it's a dream, but Jesus set the dream. He said, go to the nations. Yes, he did. And go to the whole world. Go to every creature. So it's his goal. Uh, just that I don't see graduate education or in some cases even undergraduate education training them in this kind of love. And since uh, people are hungry out in the world for American education, but they want it uh, to be accredited. And uh, I think the important thing is to realize it's thinking that controls and changes the world. I think 1990, a guy named Breeze wrote a book called Seven men who control the world from the grave. Hmm. They're dead, mm -hmm. but their thinking mm -hmm. controls the world. People like yes. uh, Karl Marx, people like Charles Absolutely. Darwin, uh, Lord Maynard Keynes, people like this. Mm -hmm. uh, it's their thinking that controls the world. Well, we've got someone uh, who's a lot smarter than they are and he's not in the grave. Mm -hmm. So that's Jesus Christ. Yes. So if we can get his thinking into the minds of people, well, that takes education. Yes, it does. The leaders in most any field, whether it's architecture or biology or law, whatever, have an education they got somewhere. Mm -hmm. So on average, on average, we think the leaders in a country regarding spiritual truth will have an education as well. So we're trying to play a, a part in that role, getting that education out to the world. Oh, very, very good. Well, you know, there seems to be a lot of confusion about the, uh, the topic of grace we hear that word thrown around, but even among Christians, there mm -hmm. seems to be confusion about what that means, particularly in light of salvation and just our daily walk. Mm -hmm. So how do you think this confusion, uh, how do you think that theologians from, from many, many years past who have, have changed the definition of, of grace, how has that impacted Christianity and the church today? Well, that throws us into some church history, but uh, you know, the Galatians, possibly within two years, had shifted their emphasis from grace to the law. And so apparently, unless a church is very, very well grounded, it shifts into legalism very, very quickly. Uh, I have a friend who is part of a church movement in India, and they, they say they've started 10,000 churches. Well, I say, well, where are the pastors getting their training? And he said, well, they're not. 
Well, my experience is that within a couple years, they'll shift right into legalism. Mm -hmm. Now, we know by 100 AD, when the Shepherd of Hermits was written, and that's the oldest document we have outside the Bible, uh, coming right on the heels, perhaps, of John's death, or maybe even written while John was alive on the Isle of Patmos, no mention of grace anywhere. It's a total works orientation for uh, going to heaven. Yes. They're teaching that water baptism is what regenerates you. And that teaching carried right on down through the centuries. Yes. Now, Clement of Rome said a little about grace, but for the most part, grace didn't become a main feature until Augustine came along. And in his battles with Pelagius, he tried to be the champion of grace. Only problem is, uh, he had a lot of qualifiers of how you get grace, like the yes. seven sacraments. Yes, yes. So, all religious groups in, a, in Christianity name grace, they all use mm -hmm. grace some more than others, but they all talk about grace. Problem is, as you're saying, what does that mean? And what we're trying to say is that Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, for by grace are you saved by faith, that not of yourselves is the, you know, if, if everyone understood grace, they'd stop right there. You're saved, for by grace are you saved through faith, yes. period. Yes. But because the Holy Spirit knew there'd be confusion about grace, he goes on to make his own qualification and says, that's not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Absolutely. And this is the message that, that we are trying to get to the world is that it is truly by faith alone in Christ alone. So what is Grace School of Theology doing to ensure that that is the message, message that goes worldwide and doesn't get watered down uh, as when, once it leaves the United States? Well, we've seen most schools seem to change uh, when new professors come in and don't adhere to the doctrinal statement. So our doctrinal statement was written by uh, recently late Dr. Charles Ryrie. This school started in his apartment, and it's just a simple gospel, faith alone and Christ alone. And so if someone's going to teach for us, they need to adhere to that particular uh, approach to the gospel and to grace. And then wherever they go, they need to take the same message. Uh, if we discovered that someone was not teaching that message, then we'd ask them why, and if they uh, want to disagree with it, we'd ask them not to teach for us. So it's making those lines of accountability mm -hmm. so that the message stays pure to God's Word. That's right. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Well, now, what unique need do you see that Grace Seminary is meeting theologically? I think just the adherence to what we've just talked about. Uh, this is out of the financial world, so it may not resonate with someone who's not familiar with it, but a mutual fund, most people know about that. Some of them you pay a fee or a commission to buy the fund, mm -hmm. but nothing when you sell the fund. Some of them you don't pay any fee going into the fund, but you have to pay to get out of the fund. Mm -hmm. Some of them you pay to get in and pay to get out. We're saying people do this with the gospel. They front end load it, something you have to do to get the free gift, or the back end load is something you have to do after you've got the free gift. We're saying, no, it's not a free gift if you have to do either. If you have to do something on the front end, it wasn't a gift at all. It's something you earned. It's like a salary. Right, right. You have to do something on the back end. It wasn't a gift at all. It's a bribe. Uh, and if you have to give it back someday, it's a loan. So we're saying it's absolutely free. Mm -hmm. Nothing on the way in, nothing on the way out. Uh, it's God's gift to us. 
Yes. You know, one of the beautiful things I think about this podcast is we're going to have opportunity to really delve into this on a deeper level in the weeks ahead, because I can imagine, Dr. Anderson, listeners today who are saying, I've never heard this, or, well, that's in conflict with what I've understood in the church that I've attended since I was a child. Uh, so we may be discussing some things that are going to be different. I always say, isn't it wonderful to stretch our thinking to consider that maybe what we've learned traditionally is not necessarily what it says biblically. Mm -hmm. Have you found that experience that tradition can get in the way and that's why we need a school, a seminary that really helps us to get our thinking correct? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and really the most influential person after Paul uh, was probably Augustine. Uh, he uh, impacted uh, the Roman Catholic Church Initially, his teachings weren't received, uh, but by 1200, uh, he's considered the greatest father. Mm -hmm. And the reformers, John Calvin said, my theology is thoroughly Augustinian. Martin Luther was an Augustinian monk. So they came in to the Protestant world, initiating the Protestant world, steeped in Augustinian theology. And so trying to understand where we are today in the tradition that you talked about, you really have to go back to Augustine. And he's the one who championed the idea from Matthew 24, 13, that unless you endure faithful to the end of your life, you won't go to heaven. Mm -hmm. That became the final test. He actually said you can be born again, regenerated, a true believer, saved, and still not be elect. Mm -hmm. Because he said, unless you persevere faithful to the end of your life, you're not elect. Well, we have that today. One group of people says, if you're not faithful to the end of your life, you lose your salvation. Another group says, if you're not faithful to the end of your life, you never had salvation. So this is permeated. This is the tradition that we have inherited. And uh, free grace goes right in the face of all of that. Oh, and certainly uh, points to the importance of Grace School of Theology. Well, Dr. Anderson, what success has the school had uh, in its, its short existence, just over 10 years? Oh, it's uh, been amazing. I think of myself as a beach boy, and uh, I've caught one of God's waves, and I'm, I'm getting to ride it because he's truly put this together. Uh, you know, we started with five students. Now we have over 300 students. Uh, we started here in Jerusalem, you might say, Houston, and now we're in over 20 countries in the world. Uh, and it is just phenomenal watching the joy and the exuberance that especially people in foreign countries have for what they're getting and just uh, begging for this kind of education. So it's, it's a great ride. Oh, that's exciting. Well, I look forward to talking more about the school and certainly we're going to uh, delve more into the issue of grace on this podcast and in future programs. Later in the program, we're going to tell you how to learn more about Grace Seminary and more importantly, how you can become involved either as a student or as a supporter of God's great work here. But let's now turn to the issue of grace, Dr. Anderson. You know, this is our first podcast uh, on this issue, and there are so many topics we could have, have chosen for today. Uh, but as we consider the theme of this podcast, saving grace, living in light of God's love, why is that an important thing for Christians today? Uh, Carmen, I want to answer that, but if I'd be allowed to, I know this is off script. What got you oriented to grace and 
Tell us a little bit about your story. Can we do that? Well, you know, absolutely. I was raised in one of the traditions where uh, you had to prove your salvation in order to uh, show the church that you indeed were a believer. Mm -hmm. If you didn't uh, live according to the rules, according to the way that that church tradition said was appropriate, that you then you really were not not a believer. Uh, not only did I grow up believing those things, but uh, even became uh, a Sunday school teacher and taught in Bible study classes, uh, teaching that salvation was based on faith alone. However, you needed to prove your salvation throughout your life and needed to finish well in order to enter heaven. Uh, it wasn't until, uh, quite frankly, only about maybe 12 years ago uh, that my husband and I were introduced uh, to Jody Dillow's writings. Mm -hmm. And uh, The Reign of the Servant King was a book that we read first, and we were, we were amazed at how different that was uh, from what we had believed. And uh, you may recall, Dr. Anderson, my husband, uh, Bob, contacted you. Mm -hmm. We I had do. heard your teaching, and your teaching was in line with uh, Jody Dello's writing. Mm -hmm. And so we met with you to, to confirm that what we were reading was right on track. I taught Jody everything he knows. I'm sure you no, did. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But we did go but, to school together. Uh, awesome. <laughs> But I think bottom line, bottom line, it was the life application of what uh, we were learning. Yeah. Once we began to experience grace in our lives, yeah. the freedom and the joy yeah. uh, was, was wonderful. Let me ask you there. When you're out there trying to prove that you were a Christian, did you have any assurance of your salvation? Of course, you could not. You yeah. could not have assurance of your salvation. It was mm -hmm. a day-to-day -day test, and you hoped mm -hmm. that uh, when you stood before Jesus Christ that uh, he said you had done enough. So, And so if you have to keep on being faithful to the end of your life, when would you get assurance of your salvation? Well, you wouldn't. You would not. Until you die. Until you die. Right. Exactly. Now, what does that do for joy in your Christian life? Well, there, there is no joy. Yeah. There is no joy. You yeah. might have your happiness based on yeah. circumstances. Yeah, it's what I call living a have-to life. There you go. Or it's what Larry Moyer of Avanti yeah. says. It's living a have-to life mm -hmm. instead of a thank-you life. Mm. If I'm living a have-to life, I might do it, but it would be drudgery for me. It would be a job. Yes. But if I live a thank-you life because I want to do it, uh, it's not a job. It's a joy. And I see so many churches where there's so little joy. Yes. I remember interviewing a woman for church membership, and in the middle of it, she started crying. And I said, what did I say? <laughs> she said, no, she said, I've never heard of this kind of love. She said, I came from a church. Uh, I'd been there 15 years. And it said, if you have an ongoing sin in your life, you should go home and you know, examine whether you're a Christian or not. Mm -hmm. And she said, with that approach, I never was able to have joy in my life. Mm. So knowing you're 100% accepted by God, yes. there's nothing you have to do to prove you're one of His children, you're in a forever family, you can't get unborn, that is essential to living a life of joy. Yes. And so, yes. yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So then obviously the, 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 the theme, uh, <clears throat> the title of this podcast, Saving Grace, 
living in light of God's love Mm -hmm. is really just that, living in light of His love and not the demands that we place Mm -hmm. on ourselves or that the world places on us. Yeah, it's it's just like a child. Uh, Parents need to distinguish between acceptance and approval, right? Mm -hmm. And so many kids are out there performing to get accepted by their parents. Oh, yes. Because their parents haven't communicated, look, you're in the family. You're 100% accepted. It's unconditional. You can't get out of the family. Nothing you do will affect your acceptance. Approval is another matter. Mm-hmm. Well, God's the same way, isn't He? Once we're in His family, uh, we're in a forever family. We're 100% accepted. Yes. Uh, he says we're accepted in the Beloved in Ephesians 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, but approval is another matter. At the judgment seat of Christ, uh, that's where we see if, how much of what we've done is approved of and goes on to glorify Christ forever. So there's motivation to faithfulness, but it's not motivation out of a have-to life. Mm -hmm. It comes out of a thank-you life. Mm. I love that. And, you know, uh, as you say, we we see so many Christians today who who have no joy in their life. They have no peace in their life. And you get to know them, and you find out that they're bound by this uh, uh, belief system of works. Mm-hmm. They're working so hard and yet there's no joy joy in their life at all. What would you say to a listener who if they're, if they're thinking, wow, that's my life. I, I work so hard and yet I can never rest in my work. Uh, how, would you, how would you speak to them now regarding God's love for them? Well, uh, you know, his love is unqualified. My favorite passage on his love is really Romans 5. And right there he says that uh, God's love is poured out by the Holy Spirit. And the way it's written there, it's, it's like there's no end to it. Mm-hmm. He, it's like you have a cup and it may have a crack in it, and God just has his pitcher of love and he just keeps pouring it. It's unending. But he also says it's undeserved. Uh, he says Christ proved his love toward us, and while we were still sinners, he died for us. Yeah. And so... Uh, we like to say Jesus cleans his fish after he catches them. <laughs> a great evangelistic principle. Yes. Uh, uh, they don't have to clean up their act to be caught. He says uh, he catches them, then by the power of the Spirit, he, he cleans them up. So he proved his love toward us and while we were still sinful. Yeah. So you may have something in your life that you know is not pleasing to God. Mm-hmm. It may be a habit, it may be a stronghold. Nevertheless, God accepts you in the beloved, just the way you are. And in the beloved is in Jesus. Yes. And so it's, 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 it's saying that he takes the, uh, the righteousness of Christ and wraps you with it and accepts you in that. Mm-hmm. And then once you're there, he gives you the Holy Spirit uh, for a power. So by believing in Jesus, by receiving the free gift, you have deliverance from the penalty of sin. The penalty of mm-hmm. sin would be separation from God forever. But... We need more grace, it says in James 4, and we need more grace to overcome the power of sin in our lives. Mm -hmm. So being saved from the penalty of sin is what theologians call justification, where I'm declared righteous in heaven. Being saved from the power of the sin nature in our life is what theologians call sanctification, where I'm made more and more like Jesus. The first happens at a moment in time, boom, declared righteous in heaven. The second is a process of transformation it takes place over a period of years. Yes. But it's a joy to see the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life, mm-hmm. to see Him delivering you from strongholds, see Him using you. Uh, it's the greatest life you can live. Oh, it is. It is. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Right. You know, Lewis Berry Schaefer talks about 
the finished work of Christ, which gives us that justification for him. And then that daily uh, cleansing of the Holy Spirit as we confess our sins and, and as he leads us and teaches us and guides us. And then that keeping work of God the Father in our daily life. And that's always been helpful for me to understand that this saving grace uh, the whole Trinity is involved, and yet it is on a daily basis in our life. Mm. And uh, since you mentioned the finished work, I can't forget the story. In leading a tour of Israel, a gentleman from San Antonio was sharing his story with us. And he said he began uh, going to Young Life meetings where his kids were going, and then he went to a church that was teaching the Bible. He went to an orientation class, and they mentioned that when Jesus uh, finished his work, he sat down. Hebrews chapter 10. He sat down because his work was finished. And this fellow raised his hand and said, what do you mean it's finished? Well, it says that the priests had to keep coming year after year. Their work wasn't finished, so they never could sit down. But Jesus offered one sacrifice for all time. Mm -hmm. Fini. His work is finished. So he sat down. And when that gentleman understood that, he became a believer mm. in the finished work of Christ in his own life. Yes. That he didn't have to keep on keeping on and keep on looking to Christ to keep on saving him over and over and over. Absolutely. It's wonderful. That same passage, by the way, says about the finished work of Christ that uh, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. That's verse 14. But in verse 10, he says, we are, have been completely sanctified. It's very interesting. Uh, right next to each other is the truth that says you are already seen as totally sanctified by God as he looks through the sunglasses, S-O-N glasses, tinted red by the blood of his son. He sees no sin in you. He sees you're already sanctified. And, and at the same time, he says, you are being sanctified in your life. So that, that gets a little complicated. But one is our position in heavenly places in Christ. The other is our condition right here on earth. So I let people know, if they're struggling with this, that nothing in their condition can ever change their position in Christ. Mm -hmm. Nothing. But if they'll focus on their position in Christ, it can radically change their condition on earth. Mm, no doubt As we about focus it. on our condition on earth, it'll get worse. Yes. Because you'll become what you think about. If you focus on who you are in Christ, your condition on earth will get better. Mm. In our closing moment for today, how would you describe living under grace differing from living under an obligation or guilt to do good works? Well, that's the difference between law and grace. And uh, by law, we're not talking about the Mosaic law. Christ fulfilled the law, it says in Romans 10. Mm -hmm. But it says we're still under the law of Christ in Galatians 6. So it's moving from one administrative period to another. It's moving from uh, President Bush's administration to President Obama's administration. So we're going from Moses to Jesus. Nevertheless, even though we're under the law, we're not to live according to the flesh. And so uh, in a grace-oriented life, we're walking by the Spirit, and the Spirit fulfills the requirements of the law in us progressively. If we're living by the flesh, though, as you said, with all this uh, guilt and uh, uh, sense of obligation, a have-to life, uh, then our failures will be looming up in front of us all the time, and we'll be mm -hmm. depressed, discouraged, defeated. That's the defeated Christian life. 
and we see it on the faces of many, many today. I think it's going to be uh, very refreshing for our listeners in the days ahead as we really unfold this and help them to uh, understand perhaps for the first time, Dr. Anderson, what it is to live in freedom in Christ and to truly uh, live uh, with, this, with the saving grace, living in, his, in light of God's love. Uh, I, I uh, just imagine uh, those who perhaps don't even know Christ today, who are uh, totally living in the flesh. Mm. And I think as we close, uh, just offering them, if you will, that opportunity to change that right now. Sure, a big difference between knowing about Christ, which I did growing up in church, and knowing Christ. And it wasn't until I realized that I was a sinful person and couldn't stop sinning, it's what I would call today a sinaholic, that I realized I needed a savior. Have you come to that point in your life as a listener? Do you realize that you cannot stop sinning? If so, then you're ready to be saved. And Jesus Christ is there to do it. He actually says on the cross, I paid for your sins, all of them, even the ones you'll commit in the future. And so if you'll just believe that, and by believing that, I'm saying just receive that truth. Just receive it. Be persuaded of it. And that's it. Then he says, you have received the free gift of eternal life. You're one of my children. You're in a family that lasts forever. And we're about to begin the greatest journey you can ever know. So, It's a free gift. Uh, Just receive what Christ has done for you, and you'll be in his family forever. (laughs) Amen. Thank you so much, Dr. Anderson. Thank you for listening to this anniversary edition of Saving Grace. Don't forget to visit gsot.edu slash podcast survey to help us shape the future of the podcast. This helps us a great deal. Now we want to wish you a wonderful week. You have been listening to Saving Grace, a podcast ministry of Grace School of Theology. For more information, visit gsot.edu slash savinggrace. Views expressed on this podcast may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership.